He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I am Anthony Irwin. Today, joined by friend of the show, friend of me personally, arguably one of the nicest people in this weird industry that, that I find myself in, uh, George Sedano of ESPN. Thank you very much for hopping on. How are you doing, buddy? You just got uh, back from vacation. You look incredible. I, thank you. Uh, I, am, uh, I haven't shaved in a week. Um, it's very rare that I don't shave. This is only the second podcast I've done in my technical vacation time. Uh, uh -huh. You and Zach Lowe. That's it. That's all that. That's the only, <laughs> the only people that get, they get. I have turned down everyone else except you and Zach Lowe. So they're, you're a great company. It's the same, same, same person, you know, yeah. he, <laughs> Zach and I, <laughs> that's, how, that's the type of esteem, uh, the highest esteem I hold you in. You know what I mean? That, I, you in the same conversation as Zach Lowe. Yeah. I was, uh, I had a great trip to the Pacific Northwest, uh, with oh, the family, man. uh, quick pause here in LA for a couple of days. I've got a meeting tomorrow and then flying out, um, to Miami to see my mom for a week and have her see my children. Um, and then, uh, and then some more trips, uh, you know, going to just kind of tour the South for a little while, uh, because right before I know it, I got to get into college football and NFL mode and then yeah. back to NBA mode. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, a, a lot of time to just kind of chill before I got to get into the grind again. So, right. um, but I'm excited. How about you? Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, my, my dad, my, well, my parents are in town and my dad the oh. other day asked like, you know, are, are you able to kind of who saw here at all and i'm like there's been like a month straight of trade rumors i, I can't yeah. there is no no such thing but but eventually that's the plan is whenever we get through i would say probably hopefully this is all resolved by september and then it's baby time then we start prepping the house for for baby number two yeah. baby um, number two is a game changer good luck with that <laughs> we go from having a trap to man-to-man -man defense and yeah it's terrifying yeah. Uh, I have two questions don't, before. Don't we... have three. Don't have three because then you got to go zone, and that's really tough. Yeah. <laughs> I got to just talk to Jim Beheim constantly. All right, Jim. <laughs> but all right, so I, I have I have two. Eventually, we're going to talk about LeBron's extension. We're going to talk about the Lakers offseason. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about you know just the the voice of LeBron. This is this is why I really enjoy talking to you about that stuff. But I have two vacation related questions that I have to ask you before we go. So you mentioned that you didn't, you you haven't shaved in a week. Is that your, it, does your wife allow that? Because my my wife, if I start if I start getting a little too shaggy, and not it's now not even just Jen, it's also Avery. Avery starts like pulling at my face, and she goes like she'll ask like, "What's that, Dad? Dad?" And I'm like, "It's it's hair. It's it's you yeah. know your dad's lazy. He's on vacation." Yeah. Um. Not my wife. My daughter used to. She used to not like it. Um, but now I asked her the other day when, um, I think it was maybe yesterday even that I was like, what do you think now? And she's like, it's a little softer now. It's usually when you just like, let it grow out a little bit. That it hurts. <laughs> um, so I'm like, all right, cool. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I may shave eventually, but I don't know. I may not shave until I have to be on TV somewhere. So Ooh, have yeah. you, have you considered the Top Gun look then for TV? I was going to, that was my next question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't grow hair that well. So yeah. I, it comes in a little patchy. So, it's better uh, than Paul Pierce, 
You're doing better yeah. than Paul Pierce. And, Thank you know, you. I appreciate that. Not, <laughs> not a high bar to clear necessarily when it comes to facial hair, um, but I'll take the compliment. But yeah, it's so I, I will definitely shave. Um, and also, it's the only place I grow gray hair. I don't have gray hair mm -hmm. uh, on my actual head. Um, so it's the only place I grow gray hair. So it actually shows my age more. So, yeah. An industry where, you know, I'm constantly fighting a bunch of 20 year olds who are trying to take my job <laughs> and I got to stick around for another 15 or 20 years. I got to I got to keep looking young, you know, just, I mean, I guess you could just technically just paint black paint on your face. But no, I, I think at that no, point, I think I'd rather just shave. It. Never, never, <laughs> never doing that. Never. Are you, have you have you like if the gray start popping up up here, yeah. are you going to just going to let them go? Yeah. Let them ride? Yeah, no, I, I'm not. See, I actually feel like this is the biggest difference not to go. I mean, this is way down a rabbit hole. I didn't know where yeah. we were going. But um, obviously for men. Yeah, you know, we can gray, we can gray. Gray is, you know, you're allowed to grow We're old distinguished. gracefully on uh, on television if you're a man. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that we have not seen that as much for our counterparts in women. Um, yeah. And hopefully that changes. And I think yeah. there are some examples of it, but not anywhere near as, as many examples as men. So uh, I've been fortunate at 44, no gray in the hair. Um, but if it happens, it, you know, whatever, no big deal. Let's do it. Let's roll. Yeah. Dan, Dan always likes to joke, right. That like Bob Ryan doesn't, you, there aren't like women who get to look like Bob Ryan in, yeah. in media. It sucks, but, but yeah, that's where we find ourselves. All right, let's move on to actual, uh, LeBron stuff here. We are on, we are recording this on August 1st. This is going to air on, in the afternoon-ish on, on August 1st. LeBron has a decision to make potentially on, on August 4th. From what I have heard, I would be pretty shocked if he signed something on August 4th, um, especially while, at, you know, if the Lakers haven't made any moves whatsoever. Before we get into the specifics on will he, won't he, I just want to ask you about like, the, the 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 notes that he the the breadcrumbs that we you and I you and I we always talk about the breadcrumbs that like by the time we arrive at the actual big loaf of bread the big piece of news we have we've been able to pick up breadcrumbs that that gets us to that endpoint that that destination and I feel like he's been pretty crystal clear with his with his breadcrumbs to this point none more so than him in Vegas, not saying a word, not saying hi, nothing whatsoever to Russell Westbrook. So like, as you've watched this, uh, this summer, like what, what has been to you the most kind of peak LeBron passive aggressive, if you don't pick up what I'm, what I'm putting down, it's on you not to, not to get those messages. What was, what, what would you say was the clearest that he got in sending his message across? Oh, I mean, the Russ thing for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. And then there was a report after the fact. I don't know if it was Chris Haynes. I, 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 it, all these reports run together, uh, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Chris um, who had reported that they had had a conversation, him and Russ and, and AD, about playing together and making mm -hmm. this work. Yeah, blah, that was blah, Haynes. Blah. And I think that some of that is just they've resided to the fact that the trade's not going to happen right now. Um, yeah. So I think that, the, the summer league stuff. Now, I wasn't there that day yet. I hadn't arrived yet, but it uh, it clearly uh, resonated throughout the <laughs> NBA world. I don't think there's any question about that. And by the way, if you're, I think Dave McMiniman said this on Zach Lowe's podcast. Imagine if you're like Rob Palenka and, uh, and, and Darvin Ham. You're like, oh my God, they're both here. They're on opposite ends. They're not talking to each other. Who do we go to first? And immediately they both go to LeBron, obviously. Yeah, that's the okay. move. The guy but who's going to be here at the end of the summer. 
yeah, but it, it's just wild. Uh, and look, Darvin Ham deserves a lot of credit. I like the hire, by the way. Yeah, I get, me too. I, I get labeled as someone who is maybe too critical of the Lakers uh, mm-hmm. in the past, which is weird because no one ever remembers the stuff I said that's like I thought was really good. But it, yeah. it generally just <laughs> resides when uh, when I say something that I don't like. But I do like the hire. I think Darvin is a guy that's been on people's radars forever. He reminds me a lot of Ime Udoka in a lot of ways. Yeah. Very similar in regards to the way they're respected, uh, the type of players they were, honestly, mm-hmm. in, uh, in the NBA when they were playing in the Communication league. strategy. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. And Darvin Ham is doing yeoman's work, okay, <laughs> from a PR perspective. He's been on a media tour for like the entirety oh, of the summer. My God. And by the way, the Lakers needed that. They needed somebody who was going to have that voice that can cut through and resonate because I think that, and it needed to be a new voice. I know Jeannie had her interview uh, with NBA.com with mm-hmm. Mark Medina, and I know that she had talked to Bill Plasky before that. So she's already done that. And it's funny because I actually was on the same flight as Jeannie. She was my seatmate uh, when I was flying oh. out to summer league. We didn't really talk basketball. I talked about this on the radio. I would have very- just left open trade options. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, like, open up the laptop was- and, you know, just kind of turn it a little bit. Hey, do you see? I might only yeah. take one first for this one. I, I, I think she was just relieved, right? Like that we yeah. weren't talking a lot about I literally just said to her, hey, by the way, good luck uh, this upcoming yeah. season. And she went into like, and I said this already on my radio show, so this isn't like something I'm saying. These aren't government secrets. She she went into like, yeah, you know, we're excited about Coach Ham. You know, there's other things we'd like to do. And and I just kind of stopped her. and was like, oh, yeah, there's, look, the marketplace is in a, you know, at a standstill because this was obviously during the whole KD Kyrie thing and nobody knew what was going to happen at that point. Now I feel yep. like, we all feel like they're at least going back for now. Yeah. Um, and, and I so and she just looked like she was like, yeah, 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 you're right. And I was like, let's not talk basketball. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> I don't want to do that to you. Like on this hour yeah. that we're going to be on. So you're um, nicer than I am. I, it just it's just not like what you know, what are we going to do? What am I going to pin her down on like conversations about basketball? <laughs> no, come on. So I, and that's, I just felt like that would be rude. And it wasn't. really. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, unbecoming of me, right? Like, that's not yeah. my thing. Um, so anyway, long story short, Darvin Ham, though, has done the media tour, as you mentioned, and he's cut through. Jeannie has done her thing. You know, Rob did his press conference when, when Darvin was there. But I think that Darvin, particularly in an, in an offseason where, let's face it, it hasn't been a pretty one for them, no. for the reasons you outlined with LeBron and his silence and or passive aggressiveness, depending on the way you look at it. And then nothing really happening other than some small periphery moves, which look, let's face it, they had to make anyway. Uh, and I like those moves too, to be honest with you, which we can get into if you want down the mm-hmm. road. But yeah, I just think Darwin has been a, a, a godsend for them in a lot of ways because it's, it's a voice that's kind of putting a positive spin on a situation that hasn't, you know, if you look at it, if you start kind of dig into it, isn't really super positive because everyone was just wondering what the hell's going to happen with Russell Westbrook and nothing's really happened. I just feel like, I just feel like this has been Darvin ham. Every time he's asked like, Hey, have LeBron and Russ spoken to each other? And his response has generally been this. The motherfucking, uh, uh, down, ham, uh, uh, fuck it. <laughs> he's just like, Hey, have they spoken to each other? Like, have we gotten you guys in the same room? And his answer was like, Hey, you know, in the summer, it's really difficult. Everybody has their different schedules. It's really hard to get everybody in the same building at the same time. Meanwhile, Except he's been- you're in the Thomas and Mack Center. Yeah, <laughs> you're in- they are actually in the same building at the same time as you're answering this question, Darvin. So 
And then, yeah, I, I think, look, one thing that at least listeners of this show, and I think just generally speaking, the, the NBA consumer has gotten pretty good at identifying the reasons behind leaks, I would say, right? So when, when, when you know, it used to be somebody would leak something, especially like in, in the infancy of Twitter, somebody would leak something and everybody would get all excited about it. Nobody would really think like, all right, who stands to gain from this benefit? And then we started thinking more about that. And over the years, I think we've gotten pretty good at the practice of as soon as something comes out, wondering who, where would this might, where could this possibly be coming from explaining what this, what this adds to the, to the new cycle. And, you know, for most of the season, most of the off season, I guess uh, we've gotten a lot that has seemed to be, from Brooklyn side and attempting to get some leverage back as you try to, as you scrounge to find some leverage when somebody like KD asks for a trade, when you are in the middle of, of contractual uh, negotiations with somebody who doesn't appear all that interested in playing basketball based on recent uh, in Kyrie's case on, on recent history. And I think here when, when the reports came out that, now, this time, LeBron and Russ and AD have all spoken to each other. It was clearly the late, you know, the Lakers trying to get back on top of a story because that was a that was a bad look. Like that was not good for anybody involved there to not even, you know, it, it, at halftime walk across and make a show of talking to each other and and doing the thing that they do where they kind of cover their mouths and they and just in case somebody's lips lip reading what's going on like nothing like that to, to have that happen there um it was so clearly a bad look that it was in it, it felt and probably was intentional from lebron to say like this isn't gonna work just in case you guys are thinking about trotting this core back this is me telling you that's not gonna work so keep doing your work and treat keep trying to get russ out of here um, and ideally, as, as I've heard again, and as I've told everybody here on the show and on various shows on silver screen, he has wanted Kyrie from the very beginning when it looked like it was even kind of sort of possible LeBron and his camp have been very vocal and like, there's an outcome to this that gets me to sign my extension on August 4th. Well, and, and, and here's the thing, and I've said this on my radio show in LA, it's that if you look at this team. Let's say they run it back with all the additions, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, and Troy Brown Jr. And look, nice young players, still developmental players, I think, at this stage mm -hmm. in some ways, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think that, you know, they're like somewhere between 45 and 48 wins, probably, right? In that range, maybe 50 if maybe. AD, yeah, maybe 50 if AD's like AD from the bubble, right? Uh, and you can count on him for 65 games. So, and, and look, I, I've been saying that there's going to be a bounce back AD year for two years now. So I'm, I may triple down and just say that this is the year that happens. <laughs> because at some point I may be right, right? Maybe. Um, but maybe. But I, I do think that's kind of, and look, could they get hot in the playoffs? Maybe. But there's not, I don't see a championship caliber team here. Uh, I, at least I don't personally. No. However, if Kyrie is the guy that we're replacing Russell Westbrook with. And I actually like the deal to bring back Joe Harris because mm -hmm. look at LeBron's history with guys like Joe Harris, whether it's Mike Miller, James Jones, Kyle, Ray Corver. Allen, Kyle Corver, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, go back to Damon Jones in Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
always been really good with those James guys. Jones. Like yeah. it's just a, yeah. 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 I mentioned James earlier. Yeah. The, all those guys have been really good with him historically, yeah. regardless of where they've been. And so to me, it's like, I don't look at that as a negative with, 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 um, Joe Harris. I, yeah. I think that would actually be a positive. And look, I just think that the deal that was rumored at that time was Russ and THT for Joe Harris and Kyrie. And the sticking point, and again, this isn't a report. This is like me crowdsourcing, basically. Yeah, it's but, all been reported. Yeah. Yeah. But my, and it may have or may not. I don't know. I don't, like, honestly, at this point, I'm just like, there's so much information. <laughs> it's just like yeah. overloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, but my understanding is that, you know, if you're Brooklyn, you're going to ask for both of those picks. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. if you're the Lakers, I know they don't want to give up both picks. No. Um, now, personally, if it were me, okay, I would be, if I had to pick between 27 and 29, and this is just my logic uh, behind it, is I would say I would give them 29 and not 27. And my logic to that is this. Because let's say LeBron play, signs an extension, plays three more years. That gets us to 25 or through 25, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so really, then you're looking at a rebuild in 26. And you're probably still in a rebuild mode in 27 in a lot of ways. Because mm-hmm. AD's contract also expires in three years. And if you sign Kyrie, you know, in some way, shape, or form, maybe it's two, three years, whatever it has to be in that scenario. But basically, you're you're going to be in a rebuild mode after LeBron is gone. So that 27 pick to me is way more valuable than 29, which is four years removed yeah. from when, in theory, LeBron would not be a Laker anymore, uh, at least on an ideal timeline. And then you should be okay, right? Like that that pick, you should be at least decent enough where it wouldn't crush you. Um, you could put some mild protections on it, perhaps. Um, but that that's like top three or top one or something like yeah. that. But I, I just think now, look, I know there's somebody listening to this podcast right now saying, well, you know what, Sedano, the last rebuild took six years before LeBron got here and, <laughs> and that didn't go so well. So, yeah, but again, like one would assume that in theory, that should be an easier pick to give up. Now, will the Nets cave on that? I don't know. It just depends on what other opportunities there are out there for Kyrie. And I knew the Kyrie stuff was over immediately when he started posting pictures of kids in Nets jerseys and his Nets jersey. I'm like, yeah. oh, he's, it's it. Like he's making amends. He knows he's coming back, so he's he's uh, he's put a little spin on it uh, in a positive way, which is smart by him, by the way. Yeah, uh, I would do the same thing too, knowing that I, I laughed out loud when they said that, or when there was the report that came out that he never asked for a trade. They gave him permission to seek a trade because of five teams on a list. What the goodness, the goodness of his heart. He just I mean, <laughs> of their heart. Yeah, Damian Lillard also did the same thing like a year <laughs> or two ago, or whatever it was. Like, I was yeah, like, Come on. Um, and in football, there was a um, well, Damian didn't go as far as having teams. I don't want. Let me take that back. I'm thinking actually of football where Russell Wilson uh, did that, where there were like teams attached to like him yeah. where he would want to go. And then he was like, no, there was never discussions about me leaving last year. And yet a year later, he's on one of those teams that was right. on his, but anyway. It's like um, when, I, so- when I left locked on, I just happened to land here at SBN. It was just, it was, there was no, I never spoke to anybody. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, <laughs> and here's the thing with LeBron. Um, and you had mentioned the August 4th deadline. Yeah. I, it, look, I would be stunned if he signed the extension. Now, there's two trains of thought here, okay? And again, this is more of just me crowdsourcing from different people on what that could mean. 
Now, I happen to think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Okay, so let's call it that. Um, but here's the one perspective is, yeah, it's this team is not uh, championship ready. Why would he commit long term? By the way, if I were in his position, I would do that exact same thing. I'd be like, mm-hmm. no, nah, man, until I see I can I have an opportunity to win a championship uh, for sure. Then uh, as I age, then I, I'm not signing. That's one train of thought. The well, other train- and also also on that point, too, they the last time he gave them some leeway. To, you know, because everywhere else, basically, he was like, you know, one plus ones, one plus ones, right. one plus ones. It, it, and it kept applying the Lakers, pressure. The Lakers and the, the Miami deal where he yeah. had a six-year deal with an opt-out after four, similar yeah. with the Lakers, it was a four-year deal. Right. Right. And and in and in Miami's case, there was some stuff that apparently he wanted done that they didn't do. And then here in La- in, in LA's case, like he, he wanted them to do something at the trade deadline. They elected not to. Right. And now he's saying like, all right, that was your... That was your, your your strike. You got a single strike to work with. You, you got one mulligan. And now I'm 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 back to doing business as I used to. Yeah. And here's the thing, the Rust deal. Um, and it depends on who you talk to. There's a lot of everybody points fingers about that deal now. Oh yeah. That's um, how you know it was it was a it was a bad one. Yeah, everybody's pointing <laughs> fingers. But my thing is this like everyone just assumes like that it was all LeBron. And maybe no. it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I've never gotten a straight answer. Um, but I, my response has always been nobody tied up Rob Palinka to a chair and put a cell phone to his ear to call Tommy Shepard no. in Washington and, and get the deal done. Right. Like he no. went along willingly in that situation <laughs> to make that deal. So uh, to me, I look at that as an organizational failure and I don't look at, I'm not blaming Rob. I'm not blaming LeBron. They're all in this together yeah. as far as I'm concerned, but here's the other train of thought, um, just to get back to that about LeBron's extension, the other train of thought and this is also interesting because of what was just reported recently about this situation, would be a something similar to what James Harden did, where he would take less uh, to be able to augment the team and, and supplant guys on mm-hmm. the roster and whatever and give them wiggle room because if he signs for the full max now, they wouldn't be able to – I think they'd only have somewhere around $20 million, maybe less than that, um, to sign someone. Um, so it doesn't give them as much wiggle room than it could if he were to wait, right? Right. But – Waiting, as you know, then becomes this the media circus of, uh-oh, LeBron's going into a free agent year, and yep. we're talking about that all year, okay? So that there, there's so there's a lot of things going on there, uh, and there's those two trains of thought um, from my crowdsourcing, and I just think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I do yeah. think he's probably annoyed that the deal didn't get done, and there's probably some truth to the fact that there is some flexibility that he can create for them. Um, but there's also going to be the storm that comes with that. So I, I just think, which he's aware of. Yeah. Like, oh, he, no. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, he's <laughs> years. Like, he, what are we? Okay. He's he's not walking into a storm without an umbrella. Is all yeah. I'm saying. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, so I, I think it's probably all you know a combination of both of those things. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I just the the noise that I have heard that has been the most striking is how little he seems to how how much that relationship for lack of a better term has kind of eroded the trust has kind of eroded after the deadline after how that went down and given that like to have won a championship two seasons ago and now find yourself in this position where you have where you're strapped for assets and your big home run swing was 
you know, those, those, those cartoons where you have three people swinging at the ball three times. It's just like one swing with somehow three strikes. Uh, it was just, and, and so I think, you know, every time that I, I kind of, in these kind of weird pseudo conversations that you have with people, it's, it's, yeah, he doesn't really trust them. And I say, yeah, why would he? And then, and they would, and, and that's kind of where everybody kind of finds themselves now. And look, the thing about the thing about sports and the thing about life is that you do have opportunities to regain some of that trust, to rebuild some of that relationship. And for him, you know, it felt like the way to rebuild it was, yeah, go get me Kyrie. <laughs> it's right there. It, two yeah, first the rounders. Way, if you put Kyrie and LeBron and AD together, you have a puncher's chance of winning a championship. Yeah. And I, right now they don't have that. No. And, 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 you know, with the extension stuff coming, have you, is there anything essentially that you would be listening for that would set off the bells and whistles in your head. Is there any kind of report that would come out where you say, huh, that's a little different? Because I remember when, when LeBron left Miami, you know, the, the, the famous story is, is Riley hops on a plane across the country, goes, takes this meeting with him. And as soon as he sits down for this meeting, he realizes, oh, this is done. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in a dead, I, I was a dead man walking into this meeting which means that there was all kinds of crumbs along the way that, that we could have picked up that would inform us that LeBron was going somewhere, whether it was back to Cleveland, whatever, but we, we, we could pick up on some of that. So is there anything that you could hear or, or oh, you would well, tell I mean, everybody to listen then, for? So back then when I was covering that team, um, I remember when I remember being in the locker room the day that um, the Cavs got the number one pick, which ended up being Andrew Wiggins that mm -hmm. year. And yeah, and then I started remembering him piecing together like conversations he had had about Kevin Love, right? And 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 it was like he'd always talked really highly about Kevin Love. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just like, in retrospect, I started thinking back to all that yeah. stuff. Um, I and you know, right now, I, I just think that, you know, look, the relationship between those guys has been there's been a lot of messaging in in if you just watch their post games right mm -hmm. where you know and I don't I'm not I'm going to paraphrase here but there was I remember LeBron one time you know Russ had said something about god I want to say it was something about like towards the end of the season they were like still trying to make the the plan or whatever mm -hmm. and you know, Russ was kind of dismissing it as ah yeah we'll figure it out whatever and LeBron was kind of talking about it with more urgency yeah. I believe and so there was already that disconnect. And I was like, ooh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then and at the, the end of the season, after the, the season, the season yeah. stuff, I mean, that was like, forget it. And then yeah. there was the stuff about like, you know, LeBron and AD have said, you know, they, they want to let you be you. And he's like, yeah, that's not true. And I yeah. was like, whoa. <laughs> so, and, and then just kind of like LeBron being fairly noncommittal, right, about him. So mm -hmm. like to me, it was just. In real time, it was very obvious to see that this was not working. I mean, look, I I had on ESPN.com, I said they were going to win a championship in the offseason. And because I got sold a bill of goods of they're recreating the big three in Miami and that Russ can play the D Wade role. And I was like, yeah, but he's just not really the same kind of player. I mean, there's some similarities, but yeah, demeanor wise, he was never the defender. Yeah, nowhere near the defender, even with Dwayne at an you know older state in his career. Um, right. So it, it just and honestly, like you know, Dwayne won a Finals MVP. Like I think we kind of underrate that. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he carried Shaq in that Finals <laughs> against the Dallas. It, it was. I forget 
where he was on Twitter and they were like, all right, put together the best 10 man rotation that you could have of LeBron's former teammates. And it was wild how few people had weight on that list. I was blown away. He might be one of the most underrated players in league history. It's wild. He's a top 25 player of all time. It's crazy. Yeah, it is what it is. But um, yeah, I, I mean, and by the way, he went from being the guy to then, and by and in LeBron's first year in Miami, he was, I think, the better player. That still at that that for that brief period of time. I mean, in that final, remember in that finals, that finals, it was unquestioned. In 2011, Dwayne Wade had if LeBron plays why they average, lost. Right, right. If LeBron plays to his averages, which wasn't 17, five or six or whatever yeah. he was averaging in that series. If he plays to his averages, Dwayne Wade is the Finals MVP in 2011, yeah. and they win the series. Um, so, yeah, like it, it's just one of those things where, like, I, I, I was like, mm, I don't know, like, I don't know if I see, but I got convinced into that. Okay, and then also the AD component. I, I told you earlier where I was like, AD bounce back year off the bubble. He was in, out of shape. He, he was miserable. He didn't want to do it. Come back yeah. that quickly. This year he's going to be in shape, and he was in shape. And credit Bill Simmons, I think, with this particular line of thinking, he was almost too big, um, like in shape, yeah. right? Like too built um, and and too thick up top, right? Uh, and I believe as players age, I, this is a kind of a Rileyism that you got to get leaner, right? You mm-hmm. got to get because you're with age, you're going to lose dexterity, speed, agility, things of that nature. So explosiveness, yeah, right. So to combat that, you need to be leaner to be able to keep some of that. So I, I think that AD needs to go back in that direction personally. But um, yeah, like I, I bought into the AD hype as much as anything, really, that he would finally carry the torch, right? And this would work out and LeBron can pick and choose the spots. And then eight games into the season, <laughs> I went on my radio show and said, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> this is not going to work. Yeah, this is not right. a championship team. I think it was um, in the preseason because I wasn't really high on him. And in the preseason, I was like, oh, man, I wasn't high. I might have been too high back then. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just think that we're going to go through this thing with them where we're just going to be on trade alert until February. Like, that's just it. Like, we are going to be on pins and needles for trade alert. And if he doesn't sign the extension, which I think is the likeliest outcome here, uh, LeBron, you know, uh, future alert, right? Like that's just it. And yeah. I, honestly, I, I I don't see him leaving the Lakers. I I, I would be stunned by that. Mm-hmm. And it, even if he were to leave, let's say, like it's not like he's. I don't think he's going anywhere but Cleveland or Miami in that scenario. And now Cleveland has cap space. I don't want to get into that just yet. Um, and they would have a hell of a team that he could go to. Um, but I, I don't see that. Um, I know he he. Obviously, that he's mended his relationship with Pat Riley since then. And I think that, you know, he's already said it. It's funny how he's used the shop, by the way, as like his outlet for a lot of this stuff that we're talking yep. about. Mm-hmm. Where he was asked the question about the teams remaining in the playoffs, who would you want to play for right now? Yeah. And he said Golden State in Miami. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and that led to a lot of talk that day, too, and for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it said the, the, uh, the media, um, you know, some, some red meat to talk about. But so I, I, but I don't think he would go to the Warriors. Like I, I don't see that happening. So if yeah. he, if he were to leave the Lakers, and I would put that at you know single digit percentile, uh, if that were to happen, it would only be those two other teams. I don't, I don't see him going to a fourth team in his career outside of like the whole weirdo. I don't want to call the, it the Bronny thing. 
the brawny thing, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, what I meant, I don't mean weird. I mean like outlier no. situation. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, it's not and weird at all way, to want to play with your son. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by weird actually was more like that he can end up on a random team, right? Right. Like, yeah. It could be Sacramento, or, like whoever. You know, right. Or the Orlando Magic, right? Or yeah. whatever, right? Like, so, and that would be weird. Yes. It's going to be funny when Bronny goes like top five as a, like a top 40 <laughs> prospect. I, 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 I'll say this. <laughs> I, I think that Bronny, if I had to guess, and I, I called one of his games, the game he did, he played at Staples, which he's great in mm-hmm. um, this past year. And I think Bronny's at least a two year college player at the moment. Now, maybe mm-hmm. he makes some explosive leap that I don't see at the moment. Um, his body is definitely maturing. But I, I think he's a two-year player. And I think if you ask um, people, you know, maybe even three. Um, but I, I feel comfortable saying a two-year player and and kind of seeing what happens there. But I, I think that outside of that scenario, I don't see LeBron going to a 14. But, I, I again, I would be stunned if he was not a Laker um, beyond this season. We also know, like, LeBron has done – he's moved greater mountains – then he would have to in order to get like Bronny on the Lakers, right? Like if 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 it if it comes down to it, he's done. He you know getting Anthony Davis to the Lakers was immense. That that, that took a lot of lifting. A lot. For, it's for, it's for, a lot easier to get Bronny on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he could. We just saw Sharif O'Neal and Scotty Pippen Jr. end up on the Lakers. Like I yeah. think that you can make the Bronny thing happen. Right. So like and if you're saying. Less- but unless there's a team that wants to run subterfuge on you and really screw you up and just like try to mess with you and try to take him, which just like we want LeBron at the end, you know. Look, I wouldn't put that past Pat Riley at all. Or I could any, totally see. Forget about Pat Riley. A bunch of teams. Yeah, um, I want to. There's a couple quick things I want to hit on here before we get out of here, and one of them is that, you know, I know I know LeBron fans bristle at at this analysis of him after Miami, but you know, he goes to Miami and Pat Riley does impart quite a bit of wisdom on, on how that organization is run, the expectations that come with being in Miami and all of these things. Um, and he does win, he does win his two championships there. Then he goes to Cleveland, wins a championship there that he wasn't able to do the first time around in Cleveland. And, and I think as much as LeBron specific stands don't want to admit it, he did learn quite a bit from his time in Miami and on okay. how an organization should work. And this way, is like the greatest exact one of the greatest executives out there ever. If he didn't learn anything from him, then he was intentionally not listening. By the uh, way, he has admitted as much. Like yeah. he has said as much in print. Like that yeah. he, he looked at his college years and he took a lot of what uh, yeah. the culture they built there. And every time he's played against them, um, right. You know, particularly especially the Laker, further they get away from it. Yeah. Particularly yeah. as a Laker, he has been unbelievably complimentary of them as an organization. You know, I, I don't know if you and I talked after they played last year um, and he made the cut. Somebody asked him about playing against Spo in the 2020 finals. And he just, yeah. you know, well, that was when poor Frank was dealing with his stuff. And like and yeah. he was, you know, he was not helping Frank out by, you know, Raving about Ty Lue and their expulsra and all, you well, know, like, Frank wasn't his choice. He wanted no. Ty Lue. He just right. so like, right. but he said the stuff about Spo, like, yeah, you know, it's the ultimate chess match. Spo knows me. I know him, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And yeah. So like, to your point, he, he has already admitted as much in that regard. And by the way, to your point, yeah. Who wouldn't learn from that? <laughs> if you're not, 
you aren't yeah. doing your job. <laughs> but and, and by the way, that place is not for everybody. I'll tell no. you that, and they will tell ask you. Kyle Lowry. Um, yeah. And so, so I the reason I'm I'm bringing this up is because you know we know how the Lakers kind of operate. Le- Jeannie likes to call it this this collaborative uh, situation where you know, friends of hers come and go when you get input from Kurt Rambis and sometimes it's Phil Jackson and sometimes it's Magic Johnson for some reason after he left to tweet. Um, and and I kind of wonder, like one of the things that I've spent a lot of time thinking about here is because the Lakers have watched Pat Riley walk out the door. They have watched Jerry West walk out the door. And after they leave, there are all of these kind of uh, whispers after the fact, oh man, Jerry was just so difficult to work with. Oh, man, Pat, it's just, he just rides everybody so hard. He expects so much out of everybody. And it's like, yeah, that's what great people do. They they hold people to their their own great standards. By the way, and, Kobe did that when he was right, there. <laughs> right. You know? And, and you know, the, the reason I, 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 I've been thinking about this so much is because, you know, if LeBron or, or given that LeBron learned as much as he did from Miami and he comes here and and – you know, I again, the stuff that I have heard the loudest this year is how it's kind of a weird situation there with him and Rob Palenka and, and, and some of the lack of trust there with this Lakers organization. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that he did learn how to win in Miami. He did learn from Pat Riley, who, by the way, had a ton of success after leaving the Lakers. And and I guess, you know, as as look, this thing's going to end one way or the other. He's not going to play forever as a Laker. Um, but as we get ready for these next extension talks, I think one thing to always keep in mind is he is going to push this. His legacy is on the line. He could win another championship here with the Lakers. He's going to push everybody. He's trying to push everybody to do what it takes to, you know, in the Lakers case, win number 18 before Boston gets there. In his case, win number five and, you know, tie Kobe and 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 get one step closer to, to MJ. And, and I think, you know, one thing that I, I just constantly find myself wondering about is like, does he look at this Lakers situation and say, how can not not even necessarily from a personnel standpoint, not Kyrie specific, not Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, not getting Russ out of here, but more from like an organizational standpoint, what what can I do to get some adults in the room here? What what can we do here to 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 push these people to the level that they need to be at in order to compete in the NBA where it is today? Yeah, look, and again, this is, I don't know that he thinks this way. I'm just, this would be me, how I would feel. Yeah. Uh, I would be like, you know, it's kind of like when he said the thing about like, you know, he quote tweeted less, the picture of less need. Yeah, my kind of guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that, that's not a crumb. That's the loaf. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, and that's, that's it. And and I've always said, here's a slice. There you go. I've always said this and and people hear it, but they seem to always forget. And I repeat myself constantly with this. When you're in the LeBron business and the Lakers are in the LeBron business now for Mm -hmm. the last several years, your entire being needs to be about filling out a championship roster in any way, shape or form. It's not even just LeBron. I think when you have a great player, like this is the, this was when, right. No, when no, Milwaukee you're... let like PJ Tucker walk, I was like, "What are you doing? You have yeah. Gian- you're never going to have Giannis again. What are right. you doing?" Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm with you on that, but specifically with him, like there yeah. is at that because, peak because he well he's also shown that he will cut ties with you if if it yeah. no longer suits him. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know we I, we kind of briefly alluded to it, but 
there was a six-year rebuild prior to LeBron arriving. <laughs> and even that first year was rocky. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he came because he wanted to be here. He gave you a commitment that he hadn't given uh, very many. He certainly hadn't given Cleveland uh, in his second run. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like his expectation is Pat Riley is going to go get Shane Battier and go get Birdman yeah. at the deadline and get Ray Allen and, you know, Mike Miller and whoever. You know what I'm saying? Like that, he, you know, and David Griffin in Cleveland is going to get you J.R. Smith and Iman Shepard, right? And they're going to mm-hmm. make these moves to try to solidify the roster in every way, shape, or form. And look, people ask me now, like, well, you know, um, it, you know, do you think like LeBron is is cool with the signings that they've had? And I'm saying, yeah, I'm sure he's cool with the signings they've had. But they're young developmental players in a lot yeah. of ways. You know, Lonnie Walker's a good player. I think Lonnie Walker could thrive playing with LeBron. I think Troy Brown Jr. Uh, I don't think Washington has done a great job of cultivating young talent uh, in mm-hmm. a long time. And I think that, you know, the Lakers have done a pretty good job of that historically, e- even in the times where it hasn't been great for them here in the, in the more recent past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that those guys could potentially thrive more, but it's not a given like Taylor Horn Tucker hasn't developed the way that people thought he was going to develop. I actually think it's better for Taylor Horn Tucker, perhaps to be in a better, in a different situation where he can, I hope he goes to Indiana, (laughs) Uh, but what I would say is that ultimately, you know, if I bet you if LeBron had his druthers, he'd rather have veteran guys, not. Yeah, you know, not those guys that they signed, guys that he knows are battle tested that can help him win championships, which was the idea of last year, except they went completely one dimensional on the guys yeah. they signed. Like the Wayne Ellingtons of the world. You can have one Wayne Ellington, you can't have three Wayne Ellingtons, you know what yeah. I mean? And you know, with like same thing with Carmelo, you can have Carmelo on this roster, but you can't have three guys that are similar to Carmelo who aren't gonna play defense anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because they just can't at this stage of their career. So you you have to come out with guys or bring guys in this roster more well-rounded. I do think they've done that. They're just way younger. They went from AARP to AAU now, basically. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that – I think it's better to be the AAU style than the AARP style. I just don't yeah. – I just think the results will be infinitely better. I think they'll be better, but marginally. So, yeah, I, I just think if I'm him, I'd be like – you know, look, man, I have a very, you know, I'm on the back end here. Like there's only so much time I, I have to win here. And I, I don't want to waste away the last few years of my career. Yeah. I, I just, I find myself, you know, I felt like this with, and to the Lakers credit, like when they had Kobe, they tried one last time with him, right? Before, before he blew his Achilles, they brought in Steve Nash. They brought in Dwight Howard. They brought they they you know kept Powell around and they kept Meta and they they were going to go into that season and like look that season went horrifically. Uh, Steve Nash got hurt. Obviously, Kobe winds up getting hurt. Dwight I Howard was never healthy. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then Mike D'Antoni gets there and he immediately craps on Powell for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so like I, I, but still the attempt was there the the lakers essentially said hey so long as we have kobe we are going to go out and do whatever we can to do right by kobe's legacy by the greatness of 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 what he offered us and that's why i find myself getting so frustrated here with this notion of like oh well we'll 
we'll trade one first rounder, but not that second one. And I think some of that stance will change as we get closer to the season. And especially once LeBron starts applying pressure by not signing his extension, I think we'll start to get a few more rumors about yeah. the Lakers' interest in giving away that that second more, more rumors first rounder. About LeBron could be going elsewhere, right? Which yeah, right. Seismic, yeah. Right, and 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 I think like this is you know why I was looking forward to talking to you as we kind of embark on this week is I think there are going to it's going to be one of those fun weeks that those reports come out and they get they get louder and they get louder and they get louder until LeBron gets the thing that he wants and I I guess I just find myself hoping that that thing that he wants is still within arm's reach because it feels like it's gotten a little further I think Kyrie like you said it feels like as of right now, he might be heading back. This is just an educated guess. Um, had they thrown in the second pick, I think Kyrie and Joe Harris. Yeah, that's just an educated guess. Mm-hmm. No, I've heard. I've heard a lot of the same. I think Jovan Buha has also reported that, and and I've heard it plenty. And and yeah, it's been. That's why when when it happened, the, the market has always been. It's going to take one first rounder to move Russ. and it always takes a first, at least a first rounder to bring a a, a helpful player. player. That's how <laughs> that's how this the, the situation was always going to play out, and and I think the Lakers kind of drug their feet on it, and we'll see if they're able to 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 make up for that. But uh, George, thank you very much for hopping on with me as you as you're between these vacations. I hope you uh, enjoy your time in Miami and and throughout the South as you go through that. And I can't wait to listen to your stuff um, as you get ready for football season, which it's wild to me that you're getting ready to do that, like the. Your year is football and basketball. I think you might be a little crazy. I'm I'm a little nervous for you. I am crazy. Um, but I can't wait, man. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed watching you listening to you over the course of, of last football season. And you're only gonna continue to get better at it. And I can't wait to hear what that sounds like. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Always fun coming on with you. Uh good luck with baby number two, and I'm sure we'll talk in between and uh we'll do this again soon. Absolutely. All right. That's George Sedano. He is of ESPN Radio. He does ESPN uh, Today occasionally, and then he does obvious, like we just talked about with uh, ESPN Radio for the NFL, right? That's that's where you do yeah, that stuff? Yeah. yeah. College football and NFL and ESPN Radio. And, uh, and this year, I'm actually doing a TV game, at least to start the season, week one. I'm doing college football. Bethune-Cookman at Miami. Uh, I, I don't... The Miami? The U? you yes i will oh be- man that's got to be awesome for you though that's got to be really cool it'll be fun and that'll be on acc network but uh yeah so a lot and then you know basketball season will be here before we know it yeah in october it'll be ready to roll so it'll be uh i'm sure i'll be on a sideline somewhere or calling a game on radio on play-by-play somewhere on espn radio so awesome can't wait we'll ha- have a great rest of your uh, vacation we'll-, we'll talk to you soon all right brother take care have a good show